Hello, hello. Welcome back. We're back. Ah, <laughs> 2023. We're here. It's a new year. It does feel like it's been a really long time. It has. It's been ages. I've missed it. Yeah, me too. We like coming into the studio. Yeah, we do. I'm speaking for both of us. Though. I'm assuming you No, 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 no. Speak <laughs> for me. You're right. I do. I really enjoy it. We've both... I think we both really like the new year, don't we? Yeah. Although I really haven't set that many resolutions this yeah, year. Yeah, well... We already have an episode talking about New Year's resolutions, so go ahead and give that a listen if you want to. Mm-hmm. But we do have a couple of... They're quite, like, New Year topics, I think, for these next couple of episodes. Yeah. Kind of resolution-based, kind of just... Well, a lot of people, you know, use the New Year as, like, a... Changing habits. Changing habits and mm. stuff like that. One in particular being, obviously, Dry January, mm-hmm. which is why we thought it would be quite fitting to... Uh, we're going to talk about Lydia's sobriety today. Well, we're just an, an an episode on alcohol in general, but obviously yeah. Sophie's not a big Sophie. You're not the biggest drinker, are you? Obviously, we're at uni. I do drink, but I am not compared to most uni students. I'd mm. say I don't drink a lot. <laughs> yeah, um, I think most of my friends know that. Our regular listeners may remember we spoke about in our solo travel episode. Both of us have we have a lot of resolutions and things that we've done at the same time but obviously also we have different experiences mine was solo travel which is what Lydia asked me questions about and today I'm going to be asking Lydia questions about her sobriety because obviously I could talk about drinking as well but it's Mm -hmm. I think it's something that you can speak on better you have more of a a take on it yeah I think because I've gone such an extreme like yeah much like cold turkey you really did go cold turkey yeah it's definitely yeah yeah so today we're talking about alcohol in general but a lot of it will be focused on why Lydia chose to go sober Mm -hmm. and how she's finding it throughout this podcast I do want to make it clear that I'm not here to um preach at anyone or anything everyone's relationship with alcohol is specific to them obviously my experiences have been a certain way etc so this is just me kind of stating how I feel Mm -hmm. sharing your experience personally yeah as you said I think everyone's relationship with alcohol is separate Mm. everyone's is different to the next person so as you said this isn't meant to be obviously if you're already thinking about going sober this this is yeah. yeah but by no means when Lydia's talking about how she chose to go sober, that's not like, oh my gosh, no one should ever drink. Yeah, like everyone else should too. I think in in day-to-day life, I think you're good at that. Like you don't preach it. But you don't preach it while you talk about Mm. the fact that it has been a good experience for you, which I think is an important balance. So I guess the first question is just, how long have you been sober for? It's now the 27th of January. I stopped drinking 27th of June. It's that the anniversary. The is it? That's seven months, no? Yeah. Well, it's a seven month anniversary. Oh, yeah, seven months. As, as in, like, it's the exact day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, today's my seven month. Oh, my God, it's so weird. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, today's my seven month anniversary. That, that wasn't committed. planned. No, it wasn't yeah. planned at all. What a coincidence. Happy seven months. Thank you very much. I think that's very impressive. I, I honestly, it's flown by. I remember because I remember when you were first talking about deciding to go sober, mm. um, and now suddenly it's been 
ages mm. and as you said you did go very like you did just do cold turkey yeah what is it in particular that made you decide to go sober yeah so obviously it's quite an extreme thing for someone who was obviously i'll speak a bit about my relationship with alcohol um i think a lot mm. of people in the uk a lot of us kind of started drinking at like from ages of 12 on upwards which is ridiculous i personally started at i think 14 like properly drinking no just like you the first experience kind of getting drunk i think was around mm. 14 which if you're listening dad i'm really sorry <laughs> God. it's all coming out now yeah but i'm obviously just gonna try and be as honest as possible in this podcast today yeah so kind of that binge drinking culture i've kind of grown up with that like i always thought it was normal to get as wasted as i could and that was just normal like everyone was like that was the intention with drinking was like get as trolleyed as you can yeah it was like you drink once a week but when you did drink you were drinking to pass out yeah yeah which is insane because the nhs recommends 14 units a week which is just five pints of lager is um, it? or four large glasses of wine wow and like we would in a week in a week okay student life is so different that's, that's easily 14 units are done in a day if not more bear in mind so i um <laughs> the doctors sent me like a quit they sent it to like everyone mm. like this questionnaire to see if you were at risk of being an alcoholic yeah and I have a bit of a reputation in my group for, like, not drinking a yeah. lot. And it said that I already was one. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. No, I know. Because that's just what uni life is. Like, yeah. Because, what, I, I mean, like you said, it's not even uni life. When, even when you're at school, yeah. you could ha- you'll have more than that, like, weekly recommended in one it's night. One night yeah. And so it is, it's proper binge drinking and you don't even think of it like that. Yeah. It's so normalised in this culture. And um, I think that's kind of... Obviously, it's massive in the UK, what with the pubs and that being a big thing. But, like, it does permeate every aspect of society as well. I think that's a big realisation that I've had. Everything revolves around drinking. So what was it about that kind of drinking culture Mm. that made you specifically decide that you didn't want to do it anymore? Because it was so ingrained that I needed to get blackout drunk Mm -hmm. at every opportunity there was it got to the point where like it was too extreme because binge drinking is such an extreme i thought the only way that i was going to stop was to have that opposite extreme and just go cold turkey Mm -hmm. if you see what i mean Mm -hmm. so like because it was so full-on i thought the only way that i would actually commit to this is to completely stop it on the opposite end yeah do you see what i mean yeah did it reach like a tipping point then definitely there were definitely like there were so there were instances there were a lot of things as as i'm sure a lot of people can relate listening to this you know you drink and you you know make a few mistakes and stuff like that and it got to a point where i was like there was i was i was assessing kind of where things were going wrong in my life and somehow it always links back to alcohol. Alcohol was somehow involved in that mm-hmm. process. Whether it be like I was having a bad day and I'd, and I'd, you know, drink alcohol because it would make me feel better or whatever. I mean, obviously that's such an unhealthy coping mechanism because I'm not processing my emotions as I should be. Um, 
but because it was one mistake after another i thought why do i why am i still drinking yeah i think it got to a point where i was like it's just not it's not getting fun it's not fun anymore like it's it's yeah it lost its it's it lost its um it lost its novelty like, like it's after, like appeal yeah, yeah. The appeal wasn't there anymore after drinking for i want to say like seven years mm. with like the last three or four years being quite heavy for the most part i just thought i don't like i wasn't i didn't really like the person i became when i drank yeah i think i remember you saying at the time when we spoke about it like you were kind of sick of that I mean, it's very easy to firstly just like write off the day after you drink. Oh my God. Um, and that feeling of firstly waking up and not knowing what happened, but then even regardless whether you'd done something you regretted or not, just that sluggishness. And I know that obviously like we were about to go into third year and I know that you've got your sports and you've got uni and stuff. And it was just kind of like, that was all, I remember you just kind of saying that you were like just sick of that feeling, like the fact that it took a day or two afterwards and you wouldn't even remember mm-hmm. the, the fun you were meant to be having that night before because you don't you just obviously like black out literally I say you in like an abstract sense because yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's what like a lot of people do no definitely and I think you know for the for the most part a lot of people like it's quite a habitual thing like mm-hmm. you know you order a cocktail to kind of feel like a part of a community or like lower your anxiety or something like that and like it's kind of socialized in a way that oh I'm going out other people are drinking obviously I'll have one yeah and immediately you're kind of the odd one out mm-hmm. after like you stop yeah and you say no that brings me on to my next question actually because I was just going to ask what aspects in particular do you find difficult about staying sober mm, that's a good question the hardest part that I've found about not drinking I would say is first of all I kind of miss like a glass of wine sometimes white mm, wine yeah and like that initial relaxation because mm-hmm. obviously it does it, it it does relax you I think even just in like a psychological sense it's like the conditioning of you know that if you're drinking it means that you've done what you need to do for the day something like that yeah so because... you kind of like associate the two like yeah. relaxing with alcohol yeah exactly mm. But again, I know that it's not possible for me because I won't, it will never just be one glass of wine. Yeah. And I kind of wish it could just be. Mm-hmm. But I know myself and I know my relationship with it. And it's. And I guess, does it, would you find that it also meant that you couldn't relax into, like for the next couple of days? What do you mean by that? Like if you, obviously it starts off with, I'll have a glass of wine to relax. It's like, you know, I deserve it because it's been a long week. And obviously mm-hmm. that's that's true obviously you can, you can have a treat or something like that mm. then as you said like you found it difficult to like stop after that and then the next day you'd be like oh well now I feel hungover or etc etc exactly so it's it wasn't a... actually like you could relax because then actually it made you feel worse in the long run yeah um it's such a riptide effect yeah it does just affect like obviously you mentioned it earlier with the um the next day feeling sluggish and stuff like that. I've done some research on like the science behind alcohol and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Even at low to moderate le- levels, so one to two drinks per day or seven to 14 per week can disrupt the brain. Another thing I find difficult about staying sober is uh, now that I think it's more, okay, so now that I've told people like, oh yeah, like I'm sober, or, like I don't drink anymore. 
And because I've committed to that, I, I would feel massively guilty if I just mm. had one. But I saw something recently, which I thought was really smart, by um, Dr. Alex George, because he's recently... We love him. Yeah, he's recently... Gone... I actually do. No, me too. He's recently gone sober. And he said not to put a timer on it. Right. So a lot of people might be like, if you're thinking about like being sober curious or whatever, a lot of people are like, oh, well, how long do I have to do this for? Like, is it a year? Is it a month? Like, is it three months, six months? Like, don't have a time on it. Just stay sober until it serves you. Yeah. Um, which I quite like. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm quite ready to like, you know, have a drink. I think you said you said like indefinitely, didn't you, at the start? Like, yeah. As in, like, it, you'll just there. Is, but that's basically what you were doing. You're like, there is no end date on this. You'll do it as long as it serves you. Yeah. And if that's forever, it's forever. If that's until a year down the line. I think I definitely won't drink at uni. Yeah. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Have you found any negative? Have you had any negative reactions from people when you tell them that you're going sober um i think for the most part i've been quite privileged that like a lot of people have respected my decision Mm -hmm. and i think that says a lot about the people that i surround myself with yeah is that you know anything to kind of better myself and better my health a lot of people have been like super like respectful about that and kind of commending me on it which is quite lovely Mm -hmm. but obviously you get the odd few that kind of wind you up and stuff and oh you're boring yeah <laughs> yeah and like I, it's funny because i kind of ask myself like why does it bother you you have to kind of ask that person why does it bother you so much that i don't drink yeah you know like why does it make you uncomfortable why does it make you more comfortable if i drink yeah that's so what does interesting that say? what does that say about you yeah that's such an interesting question yeah because it's not about me. They're not saying, oh, you're boring because it's about me. It says, it's, it's, it's about them. And I know but that. They just also want to be surrounded by the peop- by people that are drinking. It will make them feel better about their drinking habits, essentially. Yeah. Which is the blunt way to put it. That, no, that's, so, that's such an interesting way of looking at it. This is obviously only for people that react negatively. Yeah. And like, and so... <laughs> that's, I, I know that's, like you said, that's not the majority of people. No, it's definitely not the majority. And I, I definitely think that it is very eye-opening. This is another thing I've learned. It's very eye-opening to who you can trust in terms of like who cares about your health the most and who wants the best for you mm-hmm. because those people that are saying like oh you're boring or like oh just have one they don't really care like obviously some of it might be like well intended like you know they want you to join in the fun but if i've said like i don't need it to have fun and this is a personal decision for me it says a lot about that person how much respect they have for me yeah do you know what i mean and like because they should, they should want to be around you sober or not. And if you've decided that you're staying sober, yeah. then they should not just accept that, but, like, embrace that because it means that you're doing it f- so that you're happier and healthier. Yeah, and, like, people can't comprehend the fact that, like, you know, there are no religious re- reasons behind what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But, like, if it was a religious person, you wouldn't even bat an eyelid. You'd yeah. never question it. I think it's that um, the transition from drinking to not drinking, then that suddenly like, yeah. so what was wrong? Mm. Even like, obviously like the way I've phrased some of these questions, like, was there a tipping point? Obviously yeah. not like in terms of, was there this massive event? Right. But like at what point, you know, the point that where you mm. realized, because there's the, it's not just, oh, I've, I don't drink and I have never drank. It's mm-hmm. I drank and I decided that I no longer want to. Mm-hmm. You're being self-aware. 
I am completely and I think for a lot of people obviously there is that tipping point for me there was a big event that I'm not going to go into about yeah that made me think actually this isn't good for me anymore obviously it was one thing after another over a long period of time so it was a long time coming sort of thing I read something that said if things are passable you end up being comfortably numb so like when you're at the stage where you're like oh I haven't got a problem Mm. I haven't got like I'm not an alcoholic for example yeah I'm not yeah I wasn't an alcoholic so because you're in that mindset like oh because I'm actually fine and I don't have an extreme problem it's it's like passable it's fine Mm -hmm. and like that's the way like society views it but it's also an issue in the middle ground I think because what is its purpose yeah why am I drinking so much and you've got a question like is it adding to my life or is it subtracting do I need to have that drink when I'm at a picnic do I need to have that drink before I go bowling yeah do I need to have that drink when I'm you know going to a concert most of the time I think people people drink out of habit right whereas I've kind of become more conscious as to the reasons I'm doing things I've gradually realized that pretty much everything everyone does is out of habit yeah and it's all about just identifying what habits are good and what habits aren't for Mm -hmm. like on an individual basis habits that serve me might not serve you and the opposite way yeah and alcohol is like particularly interesting because it's the one drug that you have to justify not using that's so true Mm -hmm. i've never thought about it like that yeah because it's so ingrained in our society that's so interesting i've never thought about that because automatically it's like why don't you drink yeah as in you're the one of the problem yeah so interesting it's like, oh, you must be an alcoholic. Like, there must have been, like... A... Like, I kind of get scared sometimes speaking to people because I'm like, what if they think I haven't had a problem? Yeah. And, like, I, like, I didn't. Like, I just know that it wasn't healthy for me and it's, it was, it's not right for me anymore. Yeah. And, you know, each to their own. For me, it wasn't... It was... It's kind of lost its appeal, as I said. But it's, it's quite funny that I have to think about the way other people are going to perceive me. And ultimately, I don't that's not important mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I've made this decision regardless of whether you think I'm boring or not I don't I'd like to clarify thank you so <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to clarify I do not find you boring <laughs> yeah thank well you. I guess one of the main things that I'm intrigued about because obviously we've spoken about a little bit about like why you decided to go sober mm-hmm. but what aspects of sobriety are you enjoying the most I like slowly proving to myself that I can do things without needing a drink. Mm-hmm. So we've got this like infamous nightclub in Nottingham where like, <laughs> you have to go not sober. Like it's kind of the thing everyone is like, you can't go. It's, it's called Ocean. We're going tonight. We're going tonight <laughs> <laughs> and we can't, this is our end of exams. We've. Yeah, we're celebrating. It's been um, built up. But it's, this nightclub is kind of infamous for you need to be drunk to enjoy it yeah some and, liquid um, confidence <laughs> yeah i don't know why what is it about this club i don't is know i actually tunes? i love the cheesy tunes so i could do that sober That's honestly there saying. are so many other nights out where i would w- where i would rather be drunk before i go yeah I agree. but yeah it is kind of just a thing of it's like oh you can't go sober exactly and i completed that sober <laughs> exactly and you will again today i will again today and i've had the best time yeah um I enjoy, obviously, not being hungover ever again. Yeah. I'm enjoying um, the responsibility that I have. Yeah. So a lot of the time, a lot of people can be like, and I've done it, 
you know, oh, I was too drunk, so this made me do this, and I made this mistake, whatever. But now if I make a mistake, it's all on me, and, like, you're not kind of Mm -hmm. passing on to something else. Um, I feel more present. Yeah. Which is a massive one. Oh, this is the one I'm enjoying the most, actually. I feel like my emotions are more stable. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is such a big one, and I've noticed it. When I was drinking, I don't know what it was, but I was... My emotions fluctuated so much. Like, my lows would be very, very, very low. And I... It was just... It was really bad for my mental health, and I noticed it. Mm. And now I feel like my... I kind of feel stable and when I do obviously that doesn't mean that I didn't never get sad again but it doesn't feel extreme it yeah. feels like oh I'm acknowledging that I'm upset at this thing and I'm more present with my emotions and I'm processing them in a much healthier way rather than and the reason do you know what actually the reason that it probably did feel quite extreme with alcohol is because you feel upset you suppress it with the alcohol it all starts building up and then when you did eventually, when I did eventually like come to, it was just so much more heightened. Mm-hmm. So that's probably why it was like that. Yeah. And I guess also there's always, there's that underlying anxiety, which kind of heightens everything because there's the anxiety of, oh, like if you, especially if you can't remember something, obviously you're anxious about it. Yeah. Are there any positives that you've experienced that you kind of didn't expect from going sober? The emotion stuff, I didn't. Yeah. Uh, the sleep. So oh, yeah. I've learned quite a bit on sleep. Back in the day, I used to think like, oh, alcohol's great to, you know, relax you and, you know, you get a better sleep with like two glasses of wine. That's actually the opposite. So the science behind it is that obviously we have REM sleep, which for anyone that doesn't know is rapid eye movement sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of that deep sleep. You have four stages of sleep. Yeah. The first three are non-rapid eye movement. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth one is rapid eye movement. When you drink alcohol, you go straight to like stage three quite quickly, but at the expense of that REM sleep. So you don't actually get deep sleep. Yeah. Even and that and that is even just with a couple glasses of wine. Yeah. Which is why it's interesting because people are like, oh yeah, I need it to fall asleep, but you're actually your sleep is worse off. Yeah. So that's quite interesting. Even if you fall asleep quite quickly, it's just a different kind of sleep, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like your body's your body isn't fully resting. Yeah. Another thing that I learnt is that people who drink constantly, so even in small amounts, like one per night, experience increases in cortisol release when you're not drinking. So you feel more stress and more anxiety when you're not drinking. So cortisol right. is that hormone that makes you feel stressed, right? So even after one drink, I think it's for up to five days after oh my you experience an increase in cortisol release. So even even after just one glass of wine, wow. your body feels more stressed and anxious, which is, explains anxi- anxiety completely. Yeah, I, I'm just surprised that it lasts for so long. Yeah, up to five days, yeah. Especially because, say like in a, I know I keep banging on about the fact that we're at uni, but it's very easy to you'll have multiple drinking sessions in that time and so what it's just a con it's just a constant thing mm-hmm. you just never stop having that like underlying yeah stress wow you're just increasing it constantly yeah um the science behind it is super interesting and i will link the podcast it's uh two podcasts that i listen to mm-hmm. um huberman's lab and one from james middleton as well who goes into it as well yeah 
So we'll link those down below for anyone who's interested further in that. Yeah. I guess as we're coming to a kind of a close on that, the conversation on sobriety, I'll just say that I am very proud of how you've done it because you literally like you identify, I think for a while you knew that it wasn't serving you anymore. Yeah. You, you weren't really feeling the benefits of drinking and I th- just think it's very impressive that you did just manage to go cold turkey, especially when you're so surrounded by it. And it's been seven months now. <laughs> That's crazy to me. Yeah. Time flies when you're healthy and sober. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good. It feels good. I think anyone that is curious, I say do it. I honestly, think... you would. It is, it's a good challenge, if anything. Yeah, obviously, we're coming to the end of January, but you could all like, and There's obviously, people October. do dry Jan. Yeah, you could, you, you could do, do it any time you wanted. You could, yeah. and if you wanted to try it for like a month, mm-hmm. you could. Yeah. I mean, I considered doing it for January, but I have but barely drank anyway, so. Yeah. Plus, that I wouldn't be able to <laughs> turn up to the nightclub <laughs> drunk tonight, so. <laughs> we're literally polar opposites at this point. <laughs> hopefully this podcast has given you some food for thought and you know you might be listening thinking this doesn't really apply to me because i have a healthy relationship with alcohol but again but even if you're not sober curious or you know any of that if anything maybe just take away that if someone is someone you're talking to has said they've recently decided to go sober is obviously you can ask them questions about it, like, by all means, but just showing that support, especially if they're surrounded by alcohol a lot, Mm. because whether it was a real problem before they decided to go sober or not, like... Don't make a big deal out of it, I think. Exactly. And just obviously still invite them to places where there is alcohol if they want, and it's up to them if they want to go or not. Yeah. It's just showing that support, isn't it? Definitely. Whether you drink or not, that's just kindness. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, this is the self-care sofa. I will say that alcohol is probably has probably been my biggest... Getting rid of alcohol is probably my biggest... <laughs> alcohol is my biggest form of self-care. <laughs> <laughs> not drinking has probably been my biggest form of self-care. Yeah. And it's allowed me to have a clearer mind, a healthier body. Mm-hmm healthier emotions better mental health and with that i want to read out a quote from a book oh yeah okay (laughs) this book is called all about love by bell hooks and i was reading a page the other day and i was like oh this is quite fitting oh you folded the page over i had to because this is where i'm actually at (laughs) i didn't want to lose that one oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) right i know no one who has embraced a love ethic whose life has not become joyous and more fulfilling The widespread assumption that ethical behaviour takes the fun out of life is false. In actuality, living ethically ensures that relationships in our lives, including encounters with strangers, nurture our spiritual growth. Behaving unethically with no thought to the consequences of our actions is a bit like eating tons of junk food. Or drinking alcohol, if you will. While it may taste good, in the end the body is never really adequately nourished and remains in a constant state of lack and longing. Our souls feel this lack when we act unethically, behaving in ways that diminish our spirits. I like that. So it's all about how, like, me nurturing myself and my body and taking care of myself can actually help others. Mm. 
Should I just because clarify a... that we're not implying that drinking alcohol is unethical? Yeah, no. Oh, my God, <laughs> I don't want to say that to you. Um, no, but if I'm in a better headspace, yeah. then I'm in a better position to be the best version of myself for other people. Which yeah. Is obviously what we want. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's a, a good way to round it up. And so, obviously, as we always do, we're on to some weekly recommendations. Do you want to kick it off this week? Okay. Yeah, go on. So... My sobriety has meant that I've tasted a lot of non-alcoholic or low-alcohol um, beverages. It's a bit of a connoisseur. <laughs> yeah. And um, one of my favourites has been a Corona Zero. Oh, yeah. interesting because I literally never drank Corona. That is interesting. Prior to... Yeah. Well, I didn't really drink it much anyway. The Corona Zero, I thought, was very, very close to the taste of a normal Corona, from right. what I remember. So that with a little lime, delicious. Now my recommendation just seems very um, out of the blue, I guess, because it has literally <laughs> nothing to do with this episode. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, it's fine. Um, my recommendation this week is a singer. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Noah Kahan. Alexa says it like Noah Khan. Oh, I would have said Noah Kahan. Uh, okay well it's three different variations for you there k-a-h-a-n is his last name last name and i literally cannot stop listening to him he's got quite a lot of songs out um stick season is one that was all over tiktok and kind of so i know a lot of people have heard that one but he's just so good like listen to some of his older stuff like oh i just love him i listen to him like pretty much every day vibes is it sophie for anyone that wants to give it a listen oh i listen to the sad ones i are you okay (laughs) (laughs) people literally say they're like i'll put on music that i find calming and they're like this is so sad but i just find it calming because it's like slow like it's a low like slow tempo and stuff i I don't listen to it in a sad way Mm. i listen to it in a calming way yeah so if you want to listen to some chill music check out noah Kahan, Kahan, Kahan. Uh, we love him even if we can't pronounce his last yeah, name. Exactly. <laughs> That's or awful. If you want to drink a non-alcoholic beverage, you could do both at the same time. You could. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. Um, We're very happy to be back. I get quite a lot of questions on the alcohol stuff in my day-to-day life as it is. So now you can just refer to them so, further yeah, to this episode. Like, you know Don't actually ask me any questions. Just listen. You know to what? I'll just send you this link. It's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah until next week everybody yeah thank you for listening look after yourselves and take Take care. care bye